Welcome to Season 2 of Uncovering the Corners of the World podcast. I'm your host, Karina Kasmala. If you joined us last season, we visited Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan's Islands, Oregon, Washington, Missouri, Maryland, and Wyoming. Join me as we are continuing this season, our exploration. Using research and my personal experience where I actually set foot in some of these places, I'll be describing some of the unknown attractions in both the U.S. and around the world. We are going further than ever before, searching the mysterious corners of the world. Bordering Idaho, Montana, South Dakota, Nebraska, Utah, and Colorado is Wyoming. Wyoming is the 44th state of the United States and is home of the first national park, Yellowstone National Park, known for the Old Faithful Geyser. Old Faithful is one of the active geysers that when erupted can reach a height of 100 to 180 feet, averaging 130 to 140 feet, according to the website Yellowstone National Park Trips. Besides Old Faithful, there is the Grand Prismatic Spring, known as the largest hot spring in the United States. The center of the spring is a blue color, while the outline of it is green, yellow, and orange that pour into the surrounding ground next to it. Even though it's a state that doesn't have large bodies of water nearby, like Michigan or Maryland, Wyoming does have islands. At least 30 islands can be found in Wyoming on Jackson Lake, Lee Lake, Wind River, or Yellowstone Lake, to name a few. Our first attraction takes us not too far from Yellowstone National Park. Located in Teton County, northwest of Wyoming, is the Grand Teton National Park, where it's even open during the winter months. Grand Teton National Park was founded in 1929 as an official national park that covers both the Teton Range and the Jackson Hole Valley. After the Pleistocene Ice Age, the first people to live in the area were the nomadic Paleo-Indians, according to the Grand Teton National Park Service website. While the first Euro-American explorer was supposedly a man named John Coulter, he traveled to the area as part of the Lewis and Clark Corpse of Discovery expedition, leaving the fall of 1806. However, there are no written documents from Coulter about this journey. Fur traders came to the area to trap beavers, 
and used their furs for top hats in the 1800s. From the 1860s until the 1870s, more people came to explore the area. While in the 1920s until the 1940s, people began moving into the Jackson area, looking for the cowboy experience and moving from cattle ranching to dude ranching. The land in the Jackson Valley was not fit for raising livestock and growing crops. Dude ranching, or guest ranch, was a way to provide lodging and tourism-like experiences for visitors. 300 birds can be seen throughout the park, including the Calliope hummingbird, weighing less than a tenth of an ounce, making it the smallest bird in North America. There is also the western tanager, a yellow bird with hints of red and orange in its feathers with black wings. Wandering through the park, we might have a chance to see elk, moose, bison, and mule deer. While hiking, there is a possible chance to encounter black and grizzly bears. As it is getting more colder outside, the Grand Teton National Park also provides opportunities for winter activities. From the Taggart Lake Trailhead to the Signal Mountain Lodge, there are options to ski, snowshoe, or walk in the summer, spring, and fall seasons. There's horseback riding, fly fishing, photographing wildlife, biking, and wildlife watching. Wondering how to see everything in this park from a bird's eye view? Not too far from Grand Teton National Park, roughly 25 minutes away, is the Jackson Hole Aerial Tram, a gondola ride that takes you to the top of Rendezvous Mountain at 10,450 feet from Teton Village at 6,311 feet. According to the Travel Wyoming website, this ride gives you a 360 degree view of the Tetons, which is a mountain range in Wyoming and the Grand Teton National Park nearby. The Jackson Hole Aerial Tram is located at 3275 West Village Drive, Teton Village, Wyoming. Next, we travel to a place where you can walk in the shoes of a paleontologist. Not literally, but according to the official website, American Fossil Quarry, they are a world famous quarry. Located in Kermer, Wyoming on Farmfield Road, that's two hours away from Yellowstone National Park and Salt Lake City in Utah. American Fossil Museum slash quarry is owned by a man named Patrick Hogle, previously worked as a wildlife biologist and a biology teacher. The other owner is Seth Sorison, 
who prepares fossils and sells them, and the last owner is Jeff Peterson, who was always interested in fossils. The first person to find fossils in this area was Edward Drinker Cooper, an American paleontologist who began his digging in the 1870s. The fossils that you can dig up include stingrays, shrimp, gar, paddlefish, amia, pike, diplomistus, nidea, turtles, crocodiles, bats, birds, camels, primates, and rhinos, along with a three-toed horse. These creatures lived in the lake that was a thousand square miles, covering sections of Wyoming, Colorado, and Utah 50 million years ago, according to the Fish Dig American Fossil Museum quarry website. When these animals died, they rested at the bottom of the lake. Then, over time, they were covered by mud that eventually hardened to rock. Not only can you dig your fossils, you're allowed to keep them. Few quarries let you actually keep the fossil that you dig up. All you have to do is purchase a package of fossil digging. Beehive huts might not be something you typically see on the side of a road, but at County Road 173, co-road 204 Robertson, southwest of present-day Evanston, Wyoming, is the Piedmont Charcoal Kilns State Historic Site. These five 30-foot kilns are made out of sandstone and limestone and are shaped like a beehive. They were built by Moses Byrne around 1869, during the same time as the Union Pacific Railroad was built. These kilns were used to produce charcoal for Utah smelters, according to the website Wyoming History, wyohistory.org. Charcoal was made by lighting a fire in the kilns and covering the kilns, letting it burn for several days. And the fire would eventually burn out, but leave burnt wood there. The wood that was used was from the Uninta Mountain. In 1873, the surrounding area also had kilns, an estimated 35 kilns, that made 100,000 bushels per month, according to the website Wyoming History, biohistory.org. The kilns were abandoned after the railroad was built away from the area. Piedmont was a terminal for helper engines. The ghost town Piedmont had a water tank, telegraph office, the roundhouse. In 1971, the Piedmont kilns were added to the National Register of Historic Places. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Season 2 of Uncovering the Corners of the World podcast. Tune in next week as we explore more unknown attractions in the United States and around the world.